재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 We're back. We are talking about foreign investment into Korean real estate, particularly in Jeju, and that has caused some concerns. Um, whether this is something that you have to be wary of or whether it's something that the overriding goal of attracting more foreign capital and uh, foreign direct investment uh, should be sort of mitigated with. What are your thoughts? Um, is there a perfect balance we can strike or is there something that we definitely need to be more protectionist on? Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kakao Talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. We're going to be joined by an expert from the UK in just a few moments. But once again, here in the studio, we have Professor Yang Jun Suk from Catholic University of Korea. I would presume that you are uh, of uh, the like mind that with other economists who believe that FDI and increasing foreign investment into the country overall is a, is a good thing. Um, is there a way that we can, I guess if some people say, well, there's not a good balance here, maybe we could get some more uh, companies investing in other areas like the service sector and what have you, and maybe not so much on what, I guess there's that specter of people always thinking this is going to be something like speculative with, with uh, real estate. Well, there always is going to be be some speculation in real estate and uh, there's going to be uh, if you open the market there's always going to be foreigners who are willing to participate in it that may amplify some of the uh, price rises and falls but if we look at our experience in the 80s and 90s and if you look at the experiences of lots of other countries unless you uh, unless you allow at least some type of uh, real estate ownership, uh, you really don't get a lot of investment. For example, when we were shooting to have a lot of manufacturing investment in the uh, 90s and to early 2000s, well, if new companies cannot own the land that they could build the factory on, they're not going to really try to build a lot of factories. Uh, if you, uh, for e- even in services, if you want foreign companies to come in and establish shop, if you don't want uh, foreign companies just buying up or taking control of companies which already exist, but rather set up their own companies here so we can have more jobs, then, well, they're going to have to buy land for headquarters. They're going to have to buy land for the uh, shops that uh, people interact uh, and get services from. So you really need to open up at least uh, – a lot of real estate ownership mm. to foreign uh, individuals and companies if you want to encourage investment. As a very important point, then, you might not like the volatility involved with it, maybe some of the speculative behavior of people, foreigners investing in, in a country's real estate, but uh, it really provides sort of the the oil to grease the wheels to get investment into those other sectors is what you're saying. Right. I mean, uh, it's almost two sides of the coin. Now, you can obviously take some measures to try to uh, reduce the bad side and increase the good side, but bad side is going to ha- uh, follow in one way or another. So, so it's a matter of control rather would be than mitigating eliminating that. it. Yeah, right. okay. uh, we're also now going to be joined from the University of Glasgow housing economics professor Ken Gibb, who's on the line. Hello. Hello there. Professor Gibb, thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking about how there are some concerns here with foreign investors uh, ramping up their investments in real estate. Uh, Some people feel that there's speculative behavior going on in Korea. Uh, For a global perspective, are are we seeing more uh, foreign investors in various parts of the world investing in real estate, driving up prices and then uh, angering local residents who feel they're getting priced out of the market? 
Yes, I think there's a there's certainly a kind of populist political sense that that is underway in many places. Obviously, I know best in the in the in the case of the UK and London in particular. And it seems to me that uh, speculative investment is only part of what's going on. And I would characterise it more as there are many drivers of house prices in any local housing market context. And uh, probably, I would argue that. Uh, foreign investment reinforces rather than causes what's what's going on. It, it obviously there needs to be a set of prevailing mm. circumstances which would attract investors, and those investors have multiple reasons for for why, why they're investing. Sometimes it's a safe haven, sometimes it's a, just a direct investment, sometimes they want to earn an income rate return as well. What particularly uh, frustrates local people, I think, in a, again in the case of Lon- London, it's a sense that many of these properties are left empty and un- unoccupied in a, in a context where the market is under tremendous pre- pressure. So people commute much longer distances. Uh, they simply cannot even imagine ever becoming home owners. And from a political perspective, politicians and activists can make hay on, on, that, on that sort of uh, issue. Now, clearly these issues are empirical things. They're different in different co- contexts. But again, in the case of London, uh, we have very low uh, entry and exit bar- barriers for investment. Some of that investment is particularly uh, helpful and uh, u- u- useful, but you, 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 you can understand why some people feel very, very strongly that it's, mm. that it's, that it's causing a lot of uh, difficulty. Now, Professor Yang, if you follow what uh, the business media says here in Korea regarding the real estate sector, it can be confusing. It's almost uh, schizophrenic. We've been hearing all and on about the real estate sector is slumping and people here in Korea aren't buying houses because they're not expecting much appreciation. And then the Chunsa market is ridiculous. And so uh, I, I don't see any threat, it seems, at least in the sole context, that these Chinese investors are somehow pricing me out of the market. I'm already not in the market. Yeah, it seems like most of the uh, actual housing that's being bought by foreigners are actually outside this whole area, though perhaps not in perhaps in Gyeonggi-do, so it's within the metropolitan area, but not necessarily in Seoul area itself. Uh, you also have to remember that foreign companies are also, uh, when they're buying real estate, they're covered under the same laws as Korean laws. So they want they don't particularly want to buy unprofitable properties. And they're also uh, usually limited in number of properties that they can buy. I mean, uh, for Koreans, if you buy more than one apartment, then the uh, taxes on the second apartment just escalates. So that's why that's one of the reasons why most people have only one apartment, and that's going to apply to foreigners as well. Uh, so uh, I think uh, for at least the Seoul area, uh, the foreign demand, at least for housing, is not that much of a problem. Uh, for Jeju, I think there's some other factors which are coming in, uh, which is one, uh, you get the uh, green card out of it as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and it's a very popular area for China, uh, Chinese people, so they're sort of uh, con- uh, congre- uh, congregating there. And also, there's probably some uh, publicity effect and sort of a scale effect as well. Uh, you see other Chinese buying land in Jeju, they, uh, and they said, oh, well, let's buy it there as well. So there, yeah. I think that's another effect that's coming in. But outside of Jeju, I don't think it's that serious a problem at all.
Professor Gibb, what are your views on, and you mentioned this populist sentiment, but if uh, one tends to be protectionist and they're saying we need tighter regulations, we have these foreign buyers, they're gobbling up a bunch of properties, but they're not really uh, contributing to the greater economic good of that uh, locality, uh, we, need to, we need to sort of, um, I guess, uh, block them by regulating this. Uh, where do you stand on that? Well, I'm, I'm always rather uh, worried about the idea that we can simply dream up reg, uh, reg, regulations that will make the market work better for one group in society, and in some sense not not damage the efficiency of the of the real, uh, real estate market. These things are, are are easy to say in principle, but very hard to actually operate in, pra- in practice. The housing. Uh, story worldwide is littered with uh, fairly disastrous examples of regulation to the supply side and planning and rent controls which have not had the uh, the, uh, the desired outcomes and often made things worse. As as your earlier contribution uh, made clear, uh, we we need investment to oil oil the wheels of of the, the sector. I actually, part of my concern I think is that often government finds that uh, helpful to identify a scapegoat, a problem, a source of the problem, and actually, uh, the difficulty is the chronic failure of domestic housing policy over mm. many, many years, which cr- creates a problem, which creates the kind of volatility and the opportunities that, that that investors might see. They are responding to the symptoms rather than being, being right. the cause. It seems seems to me. They, 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 I suppose the other route in is to use tax tax policy, and there may be there may be some tax policies which could make a difference. Though I think it's only part of 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 any way ahead. Professor Yang? Okay, well, uh, another factor that I think has to be considered for Chinese pe- uh, people buying Korean land in particular is that they may be protected under the uh, Korea Chinese FTA because that does protect uh, the individual uh, property rights of uh, Chinese investors as well as Korean investors in China. Uh, so that's another factor which is coming in play here. Uh, but I think... Uh, Except uh, if you look at the country as a whole, then at least for now, uh, more foreign demand, especially in land outside the Seoul metropolitan area, can only help because, uh, well, the uh, housing prices, the real estate prices are really depressed outside Korea, uh, outside Seoul and certain particular uh, city areas. So I think this is generally helpful. Uh, Problem is, uh, this is causing uh, sort of a gentrification type of a problem. Once the property values go up and once uh, more prosperous Chinese people start moving in, not only are there some cultural clashes, but Hmm. because there's some um, more money around the area, people raise the rents of current businesses which are there. And I think that's what's causing a lot of these problems. Right. People who uh, had to pay, had pay, been paying low uh, rents for a long time, but also not getting that much of demand, sees a chance for themselves to get a lot of profits because they have a lot of money coming into the area. But then the landowners, the uh, building owners are jacking the prices up and mm-hmm. they have to move out. And I think that's a lot of the complaints that we're seeing. Professor Gibb, is it possible to strike a balance and address the concerns of the local population? And a lot of them have legitimate concerns, certainly, uh, but at the same time, make sure that you do have a more open environment and you do attract foreign investors. Do, do, are there countries besides the UK and South Korea that have been able to handle this balance successfully? Well, well I think there's, there's 
there's a, a couple of questions there. I mean, my, my view would be that you need to try to strike a long-term coherent set of housing policies that promote a more stable housing market, stable in the sense of real house prices being being effectively flat uh, over, over the, the long term. Now, that needs a whole bunch of things to, to be done, which relates to supply side, the land market, to planning, to borrowing, to credit, to, to a whole set, set of things. But in addition to that, uh, clearly, if we think that... Uh, that some foreign investment is, spe- is, spe- is speculative and adding fuel to the fire, as it were, then it may be that, that there's lessons from, from, from tax, uh, t- tax policy, as I say, say, said earlier. And I think there you need to distinguish between taxes aimed at foreign investors, which are effectively taxes on sales and taxes on capital gains and realised cap- capital gains. And the, the one country that kind of leaps out, I saw a study recently which looked internationally, evidence on this and it, it, the one country that leaps out is uh, Germany where they have a, a speculative tax on capital gains which basically operates by saying the longer you hold the property the lower the capital gains tax rate is eventually mm. falling to zero, to zero so basically you penalise people who make short term holds holding positions in order to get, get, get cap, cap, uh, a, a, a speculative uh, profit. That seems to work, but on the other hand, the German housing market is a very unique housing market which is not tenure-obsessed and, and is a much more stable, long-term kind of... Housing is boring in Germany and that's mm. actually, that's perhaps the goal that, that, ought, that ought, ought, ought to be sought. If you feel that there is, that there is too much unaffordable housing and the people are excluded from, 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 from living in certain places because of these sorts of issues, perhaps a policy which takes the heat out of housing on a permanent basis and allows us to focus on investment in the real productive economy might, 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 might be a good, 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 a good way to go. Interesting indeed. Uh, Professor Gibb, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Professor Ken Gibb from uh, University of Glasgow. Uh, that final point on Germany it was interesting. Um, I, I know there's been similar uh, policies in place where you kind of uh, penalize early kind of uh, burn and churn or, or quick flips and you encourage a longer term sort of investment uh, with capital gains. Yeah, it's not just uh, real estate, but also I've seen uh, similar suggestions made on, say, things like stocks as well. I think it's a good idea. Uh, I'm not sure if it's... Uh, I'm not sure if the government will like it, though. Uh, Korean government always has sort of a schizophrenic outlook on this. Uh, On one hand, they advertise that uh, buying an apartment, buying a house is for you to live in. You should not look at it as a uh, a main source of your financial investment for the future. So on one side, they're advertising that, trying to convince people of that. But then whenever you see, say, drop in uh, volume of sales, uh, when you don't see a lot of sales, uh, transactions going on, then people at the ministry say this is uh, an emergency. Uh, we don't have a lot of uh, transaction, so the, the uh, housing market is depressed and we need some way to get more transactions, which usually means more short-term transactions. Sure, which means uh, inducing the banks to offer special packages to to try to encourage people. So it's uh, almost like the uh, government is trying to not pop a bubble, but control it. So whenever the bubble gets too small, then they try to uh, blow some air into it. When there's too much air, they're trying to blow some air out of it. I think I understand why they're doing it. I'm not sure if it's a good policy. Then that's the other point here with uh, 
what Professor Gibb was saying is that Germany might be a unique case because uh, he was saying, quite frankly, it's, it, housing is a very boring thing. And there are not people who kind of look at it as a sexy investment and, and it's not something that's deemed to be. And that might be the best thing for stability wise. I, I don't think Korean real estate or specifically Korean housing is necessarily this this uh, exciting uh, commodity, well, it's, but it's only exciting in certain areas. I mean, uh, even during the heydays of. Uh, uh, housing uh, price bubbles in the 1990s and 2000s. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't housing prices everywhere. It was just housing prices in certain areas, Gangnam, Gangnam or new towns right. around the Seoul area. Uh, even now, it's uh, when we're uh, talking about uh, bubbles. It's usually in, uh, talking about the Gangnam area. Whereas if you just go to Gangbok, then they're worried about the press prices. Then when we talk about the Chinese investors, it, this is too recent a trend right now to definitively say, oh, these guys are just quick flippers and they're just looking to speculate, jack up the price and then leave town because we, we, we can't say that for sure. Some of them might be in for the long haul, some might be doing so, but it's just really... Yeah, another unique problem I think to China is that one, if I recall correctly, China uh, Chinese mainland Chinese people cannot really buy land. They can uh, get certain property rights, but they cannot have ownership of land because they're technically still communist country. And then secondly, there's a lot of pent up demand because until the uh, early 90s, Chinese used to be a very closed economy and they were too poor to buy land elsewhere. So you're seeing a lot of pent up demand, which has just exploded in the last a few years and chances are it's not going to continue at this pace so how much it'll slow down and when it's up to question this is what i've read in the analysis uh, with uh, the other recent trends of um, chinese real estate investment overseas uh, particularly in the california context mm-hmm. and i have a lot of friends and family who live there but uh, there there has been uh, reporting done where a lot of these wealthier chinese families who whether are members of the communist party or have some ties with the leadership there with the current leadership and and this uh, recent kind of crackdown and cleaning up of sort of sort of the uh, uh, unfavorable elements that Xi Jinping deems to not be there's been a mad rush to sort of get the money that they're owning out of that country into popular sort of safe havens California being one of them and that's that's sort of been that push I wonder if that's similar to a lot of these mainland Chinese investors in, in places like Jeju-do well there's no way of knowing right now but one way that we could find out in the next few years is if this is indeed the case then it'll dry out in the next uh, uh, one or two years so uh, we'll have to see. We don't really know what kind of people are moving in, what kind of people are buying, and what the uh, source of money is. So we're going to have to see and look and investigate all those points. So I guess when we turn our attention to what government policymakers here in Korea have to do to address the issue to the extent that there is a very serious issue here, first in the Jeju context, do you think – there needs to be something explicit done. It is, as you say, a special administrative zone. And so they do have a level of autonomy there. But I, I, did, is there a need for a big regulatory step in? I don't think so. I think at, at this point it will do more harm than good because we've been advertising that uh, we've gotten rid of uh, regulations there. Uh, foreigners are free to invest here. But then if we turn around once we get this type of problem, then our credibility is really going to go down. So I think uh, – 
uh, increased real estate prices is one of the costs we're going to have to pay if we're going to make uh, Jeju Island more desirable for foreign investors. Uh, having said that, uh, I think a lot of the uh, displaced people, the gentrification that we talked about earlier, uh, there may be some scope for helping those people who have been displaced out of those markets. Uh, but I also have to emphasize that that's what you really expect markets to do. If you see something that's been undervalued, then it's a natural market reflex to go in and develop that. And if you're used to paying low rents because that area has been underdeveloped, uh, then, uh, well, if that area becomes developed, that area becomes richer and you have more demand, you're going to have to pay more rent and you're going to have to adjust to that. And I think we're, we don't really like that type of a change. Uh, we really want long-term stability and you're not going to have that if you're having a uh, very efficient market system. As you point out, I mean, there are a lot of places where I suppose the Korean economy can shore up things, namely exports and a lot of the external factors that are beyond the control of policymakers. In this particular case, I suppose uh, there might be a need for a little bit of a wait-and-see type of attitude. All right. Uh, as always, Professor Young, appreciate your time, appreciate your insights, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.